then may I have your attention, please. The show starts in What has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Wooden Price Stadium is second to nine. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game! You're your host, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Phil Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined the dance team. Welcome in, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Happy to have you here in the Sinorama Studios. I forgot to click all these buttons. Where's yeah. Our <laughs> graphics are gone. Scotty the Bridge, Hello? Scotty the Bridge. The graphics are gone. That was all space. That's all right. Oh, the clown goes back, everybody. <laughs> it is baseball's opening day. Gamecock baseball, of course, taking on Mississippi State later today. Ladies don't get cranked up till tomorrow, but I think we're going to get some media stuff out of them here later today, if I remember right. But JC, how are you doing this morning? Great, great. I wanted to show everybody, uh, you know, before the Sherbert spelling mistake on the the, uh, jersey, which is embarrassing, I I made another one. I ordered an – I designed an average jambalaya logo, okay? Right. And, and I'm going to put these on the store eventually, but right now I'm just going to wear it myself since I'm so proud of it. And I misspelled the word jambalaya. Okay. But it, uh, I, I corrected it and ordered another one. So I've got my average jambalaya. It's average jambalaya established 2021, Dustin, Florida. Uh, <laughs> average jambalaya. Uh, here for. Uh, for our uh, Major League Baseball opening day segment today without Jamie Bradford. Uh, Jamie's off today. He's showing houses. Yeah. So he probably has a suit on and he's shaking hands and kissing babies. And certainly uh, that's awesome for him. Uh, by the way, if you listen to the commercial and you need uh, in the low country, we got Cindy in the, uh, we got you covered real estate wise, Cindy in the low country. Then from about Columbia down, uh, you know, you can, you can get with Jamie if you need a realtor and, uh, he's really good uh, at that and all that. Certainly we support him in all that happiness. I'm going to be, uh, <clears throat> off the show tomorrow for about 10 minutes while I do a telehealth appointment. <laughs> Doesn't take that long, you know, Hey, what's up? What's up? You look good. Okay. Here's your prescription. Uh, but I have to do that about, uh, I guess around 12, 10 tomorrow in our second hour. Uh, I think we have Stuart Lake coming on tomorrow. It'll, it'll be good to get Stuart on because uh, we normally have him on to preview yeah. everything. And we, we then we got to wait a week to see what he thinks. 
well, we'll have a game tonight under the belt, under the old belt. Um, and, uh, and that's it. And Craig, that's exactly what I did from the yep. Nana Sports chat box. You probably saw Jambalaya. I did with a U, like Jumbo. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like he an went idiot. Phonetic. It's all right. Yeah. It's Jambalaya. Oh, average Jambalaya. Jambalaya. Right. So anyway, uh, they could JB a hat with this logo on it. You know, he's like to wear the hats of the logos. You know, yes, got to get him yes. a hat with the average symbol. <laughs> anyway, that, we're hoping to have some uh, time with Meredith Taylor next week. Working on that. Good. Head of the yeah, Masters, working be Masters week. Obviously, yeah. it'll be good to have Meredith because I didn't know anything about it. Although, we don't uh, know anything. <laughs> I mean, I understand golf. I mean, I understand like what needs to happen <laughs> and how to score it and stuff. But uh, the ins and outs, the breaks of the game, boy, she's uh, really good at, at doing that. And obviously is a big supporter of the show. And we're a big supporter of McKellar Enterprises. By the way, uh, I think there's been about five of you out there in inside the Gamecocks, the show land that have uh, signed up for her services. And that's a big, that's a big number. You know, that's a good return. Um, and uh, it's been positive. So I hope she's helped your game. Uh, in golf. Also, don't forget about TravelingCountryClub.com, another one of our golf sponsors. Uh, for those of you that go see Meredith uh, and get better, uh, or maybe you don't and you're not, but you just like to go play for one low price, uh, uh, you can uh, get very, very steep discounts on green fees, cart rentals, whatever you want, TravelingCountryClub.com. Please be sure to tell them you heard about it on, right here on Inside the Game Cox, the show. That's important with all the sponsors. Because you know you you, yeah, you get sure. to you get to the time for him to re up. Well, nobody said anything to me. Mm. Business has increased thirty five percent, but nobody says something advertising. But nobody said anything to me about y'all. So be sure to, to mention that we would certainly kindly uh, appreciate it if you did that. Chris Phillips, High Energy Thursday is today. I'm going to talk to him a little bit about uh, football and um, baseball and some basketball. Uh, checking with a uh, contact today about the commitment they got from Minnesota, Taylor Cooper uh, from Dorman High School, started at Moorhead State. For those that uh, aren't familiar with Moorhead State, they knocked Clemson out of the NIT this year, uh, which I think everybody kind of laughed at. <laughs> uh, and those NIT, get, look, man, if I'm a bubble team and I have to go to the NIT and play some mid-major that's full of piss and vinegar coming in trying to knock me off, after my heart's been ripped out, I'm expecting to, to not play all that well. Carolina, the year they got screwed, uh, won their a sloppy opening game uh, against somebody. I don't know, high Point, somebody like that. I think it's High Point. Hmm. And then Georgia Tech came in and just ran over them yeah. uh, in front of about 100 people at Colonial Life Arena. So, <laughs> and, and, and Bobby Crimmins. Yeah. Uh, so um, that's just kind of the nature of that tournament now. And, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I just, I mean, you know, I, I got they so don't even frustrated. Finish it off in Madison Square Garden anymore, do they, JC? I know, you know, no yeah, doubt. I mean, uh, it, you don't even get that. And, and so, it's like this. It's like you know, like the years Carolina won it, I was mad because I thought both those teams uh, were NCAA tournament caliber teams, especially the second one. I mean, the second one beats Florida, who won the national title twice. They were a shot away from beating Florida a third time of winning the dang SEC tournament. Then they went three and one in the tournament. Uh, they cruised to the second NIT title because uh, they were not really on the bubble. It was either win or, or not get in. 
But I was always mad. But, you know, Carolina beat teams like Louisville and Syracuse and St. Joseph's and UNLV and Virginia. And all those – there were three actually, – actually three NIT runs under Dave Odom. Dave NIT Odom. Uh, the first year he was there with largely Eddie Fogler's players, they went to the championship. NIT championship lost to Memphis. Uh, Memphis was a bugaboo for him because the only NCAA tournament game they got into, they lost also to Memphis, uh, John Calipari. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, those were, those were happy, happy, you know, happy times, I guess, in a certain way, because you're playing other kind of major schools. But with the rules, they, when they, when the NCAA bought it, they're like, we're going to put all the mid major regular season title winners in the NIT. And you're like, well, dumb idiot, you only have 32 spots. Right. Those, those mid-major tournaments are full of upsets. Uh, you know, nobody's going to watch, you know. I, I'm like, I, I just think it sucks. And it sucks even worse that it's that they moved it out of Madison Square Garden. Although, I do love Las Vegas. And so, yes. I'll, I will give, I'll give credit for, for that. I mean, but, uh, but come on, man. I mean, Utah Valley was a deep NIT team. I mean, you know, I mean, Odom, I think. Beat Jim Beheim and Rick Patino back to back up there, and, and I mean, you know, and to beat Michigan in the uh, in one of the finals badly. So, come on, man, come on. No. Anyway, come on, NIT. But anyway, the point is, I was talking about uh, the Taylor Cooper to a contact today, and he's pointing out, you know, six point three assists per game, Phil, on a bad team in one of the best conferences in the country, and to do that against those teams. You know, they think the guy is is probably a little undervalued. And obviously with Arkansas and, and some of the heavy hitters trying to get him uh, there at the end, it comes yeah. to South Carolina anyway, uh, I think that's uh, that's pr- pretty solid. And, and if you think about it, I think having someone that can distribute the ball uh, at a high level is important because I, I don't know that this team this year, Phil, was a very good passing team at all, period. No, no. I mean, I, there were a lot of times where you just, you know, even off the ball movement was, you know, <laughs> negligible to hardly there at all, to to, to not there at all. <laughs> People just standing around yeah. watching, you know. I mean, there were too many guys standing around watching what was happening with the basketball, not moving to create space. So even if we were going to, you know, try to distribute it to them, they, it's not like they were trying to get open. But uh, in retrospect, I mean, I guess you're playing with the team you had this year. I don't think anybody was expecting big, big things to come out of Lamont Paris's first year. Uh, Gigi Jackson yeah. was exciting. But I'm happy to see that hitting the transfer portal means that we're going to get older players because we know that really is the key. If you can get through the season and you got an older team that can make the tournament, then you can make a per- fairly decent run inside the tournament with an experienced yeah. squad. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it was uh... – like Mike Morgan said the other day, I mean, Frank Martin talked about this uh, when he was in South Carolina. Older teams uh, end up making some noise. I just hate that some of his older teams toward the end did not maybe get two or three more wins in the regular season, and we, we could have seen them potentially make another run. I mean, I, I Frank, nine and four all-time as a, ter- as a coach in the tournament, never lost an opening game. Um, took Carolina to the Final Four, K-State in the Elite Eight. The Elite Eight kind of looks like the ceiling for that program out in Manhattan, Kansas, by the way. Uh, gosh, yeah, they continue to lose in the Elite Eight, lost this year, but uh, it would just suck for them. But um, I, uh, 
you know, I, I don't know. So I'm not trying to, um, I mean, I'm not trying to relive the past here or anything like that, but we'll see what kind of uh, squad Lamont Paris can put together for next year. Like I said, contacts have told me, Hey, we're not going to be as bad next season. And, and look, it was just such a weird year and frustrating too. Cause Phil, you know, if you, if you said at the beginning of the year, okay, I'm just going to tell you what good is going to happen. Okay. Tell me. Well, um, you know, you know, Gigi's going to be freshman, all SEC, all SEC expected. Uh, the Gamecocks are going to win it up. They're going to beat Clemson. They're going to, Alabama's going to be really good and top, top seed in the tournament. Carolina's going to take them to double overtime. Uh, you know, they're going to lose a close one at home to Arkansas. They're going to, you know, beat Georgia again, you know, that, that kind of thing. You're probably like, you know, win at Georgetown. You're probably like, ah, oh, well, you know, beat Western Kentucky, beat Eastern Michigan and that lottery pick they had. You're probably like, oh, well, they probably went like, you know, 500. But, you know, nobody talks about, well, they're going to get waxed by 50 at home yeah. <laughs> to A&M and Tennessee and, you know, uh, blow a game against, you know, not show up against Vandy at home. I mean, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um and so the negative is there to get blown out by three mid mid majors in Charleston. That was mm-hmm. inexcusable. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So I, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. It was, it was really an uneven year. Uh, if you want to get right down to it and, and mostly bad. I mean, you know, you tie the school record for losses. It's not a good year. Uh, anyway, enough about that. We got baseball to talk about today. Also got to get in the Nana Sports chat box, and we got Chris coming up, what, in three minutes? We got is uh, 20 or 30? Maybe in 11. Yeah, it might be 30. Yep, yep, yep. That's 30 for him. We'll keep okay, an cool. eye on uh, Sweet. Uh, Big Slam of Jam was the first one in the chat box today, 18 minutes before we start. Wow, impressive. He just has the, 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 the chicken emoji. That's right. My whole ch- mm-hmm. my chicken rant yesterday. Boy. <laughs> Uh, hey, hey, Norm. Hey, I'll choose fight to the death. Hey, would you rather be dipped in boiling water and your feathers come off or uh, and your head chopped off, or would you rather fight to the death? I'll choose fight for the death to the death. Yes, Clint has big news for those that love Metallica, and I know uh, a friend of ours, Phil, loves Metallica. Yeah, uh, Metallica mm-hmm. just released their fourth single from the new albums. He's coming in hot today. I got to listen to that. By the way, I, I downloaded the new Luke Combs album. And mm-hmm. yeah, as I've gotten older, I've gotten into country music. Uh, I think it was the living in Nashville thing. I didn't care for it before I, I moved to Nashville. Right. Uh, but I've also noticed some people back in the day I went to high school, college with that didn't care about country. They're into it now. Us older in our 40s folks, because I think I think you start like latching on to the lyrics and going, man, that's life right there. That's life. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's life. Uh, <laughs> so I listen. To the new Luke Combs album is really really good. Um, I'm about halfway through it, but they, they have a song. JB probably is going to be mad at me because he, he would probably want to talk about this. Eric Church wrote a song called "My Song Will Never Die," and mm-hmm. and Luke Combs recorded it. And you can tell if you listen hard. And you're a big time Eric Church guy like me and uh, uh, JBR. You can tell Eric wrote it, but Luke is the perfect guy to sing it, especially with the theme of this album. It's called Getting Old. And it's all about like life and maturing and, and all that, which is kind of cool because most of Luke Holmes' songs before have just been about drinking beer. <laughs> Long neck, <laughs> that's, that's cold beer. 
Well, but right. most of country music Drink beer, and then you get old. <laughs> what if country? What if there was another prohibition? Country music would be SOL. Oh Lord! You think about drinking beer on Waking the Law. Outlaw <laughs> country would have a whole other, uh, whole different uh, definition there, right? Yeah, um, for sure. K- KFC's in LOL. Rob, good morning, Rob. Good morning, Bruin Nation. Uh, Sonder points out OG split screen. That's right. With Jamie not here. Lance mm-hmm. Player, the Latte King. Speaking of beer, speaking of cold beer, he's like, what up, killers? Um, Sonder says MLB opening day today. Craig's right about the jambalaya spelling. But what do y'all think is next weekend the best weekend of the year? Uh, yeah, because you, I think Carolina baseball is good for us. You know, it's one of them. Um, certainly when the Gamecocks were in the final four, you know, um, yeah, kind of led into it the following year, but yeah, you got masters, college baseball, pro baseball is getting, the weather gets a little warmer. Uh, not here. It snowed yesterday. Uh, but, uh, but it's going to be like a cool 40 degrees at the Cubs opener, but we'll have plenty of old style and Polish sausage. And beef sandwiches to warm us up. That's right. That's right, Norm. I'm already six Budweisers in. Hey, hey. Um, Love it. SC Scout guy just planted a row of jambalaya okra. Yummy. Okra grows a lot taller than you think it would be. Tall growing plant, that okra. I love okra. Oh, my goodness. Fried fried okra is good. Yeah. Some okra mm-hmm. and stewed tomatoes sometimes would be pretty good to, for, for me, too. We'll do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Bruin says he needs Paige <laughs> Spiranak to train him how to play golf, don't we all? Uh, Craiger <laughs> says Ryan Odom, speaking of Dave Odom, Ryan Odom, uh, who, by the way, led uh, Maryland-Baltimore County to the first. Now we have two with Fairleigh Dickerson. I think their coach got a job, too. Maryland-Baltimore County beat Virginia the which I think is one of the softest athletic programs in the country, but even their championships notwithstanding, no offense mm-hmm. to my Virginia fans that I'm friends with. Uh, they got beat, you know, by Odom, and he's been at Utah State doing good things, and now VCU, that VCU job's a launching point. Of course, Rhodes, who was at VCU, uh, took the Penn State job. I think it's a good hire by them after losing Micah Tewksbury to Notre Dame. Then you want to come coach at the University of Notre Dame. It's special. Digger Phelps coach here. The Mike Bray coach here at the University of Notre Dame. They're in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Anyway, what's up, Carolina Joey? SC Scout says, can we talk about the softball team? How much longer can we tolerate Bev Smith just treading water? This is not one of those things I care about. At all? I was going to say, I'm, this is going to throw us for a loop. Hold on. <laughs> but kind of like kind of like men's soccer, you know, the people that do care feel like it's time for a change. And if you guys that care, care that much, I care. I'm with you, you know. I'm not going to sit here and, like, dismiss anything. Uh, because, I mean, I like as a sport, softball, when I covered high school, thank God I don't have to do that anymore. High school sports. Uh, Oof. You want to talk about dealing with a terrible audience? You're dealing with parents mostly. Parents, yeah, right. <laughs> right, yeah, Johnny, you miss you. You're terrible. You're you blind. You couldn't see little Johnny blocked really well at left guard. I'm like, ma'am, you, the team ran for negative one yards and lost forty nine nothing. <laughs> little well, you're Johnny, you're just awful. Was, 
Yeah. Going up against a five seven hundred and fifty pound Vincent Bagnaya. So anyway, but that's uh, that's the deal there. Uh, but yeah, if, if you guys, I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, South Carolina has had a relatively good softball program through the years, and I, I know that there's the bugaboo up in the, the upstate. They just started their program, and all of a sudden they're a top ten team. Uh, so maybe it's time for some some new blood in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm there with you. So Chris asks, with potentially close to ten commitments before official visit season in June, do you think we'll see fewer guys commit during the summer with the targets we have? Seems like we always have a bunch. Now nah, I don't think that's going to slow down. I think if they get to twenty by the time the season kicks off, they're just at twenty. Um, they're they're not going to change anything or. or and nowadays with the recruiting calendar like it is, uh, it, it's really cool if coaches can have most of the quote-unquote hay in the barn before the season. And then when you go on the road during the season, you can start off, start looking at 2025. Uh, your visits are more skewed towards underclassmen where, you know, it's mostly, uh, you know, th- those underclassmen that got, you know, people ask, well, man, those – Big time atmospheres against AM and Tennessee. Uh, boy, they, they must have really helped with the 2023 class like Nick Harbor. Now, keep in mind, Nick Harbor visited for the Georgia game and the stadium was empty at halftime. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, what, where it does set the tone is for that next class because these kids, uh, with their juniors, they're just kind of formulating their opinions. They're, they're looking, kind of going and visiting a lot of places, seeing where they're comfortable, that kind of thing. And so, uh, so, yeah, that, that's going to make a big impact. And I think there are a lot of guys that they're right there with that's, um, that they're ready to roll. Um, so we'll see sort of what happens there. Uh, continuing on, Nanosports chat box. Joey says, looks like the crystal ball is favoring Ohio State for Dylan Stewart. Hmm. I have not seen that. Uh, I saw on three had maybe uh, Georgia, Alabama on there. Uh, I haven't seen any new crystal ball picks. That's not to say there's not one. I'm about to pull up his profile, though. And uh, look, nah, there's no crystal ball predictions on 24-7 sports. Uh, and uh, this is Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina. Now, look, is Ohio State going to be a factor? Yes. Uh, Larry Johnson makes a living in D.C. He's done really well there through the years, starting at Penn State. Continuing on, uh, this kid's a defensive lineman. Um, but just like with Desmond Umi Azulu, everybody thought he was going. You know, Desmond Hale talked to Desmond at this point last year. Kid didn't even mention South Carolina, so yeah. <laughs> uh, just stay the course. I know this for a fact. I know that the kid's mom really likes the Gamecocks, and when Mama likes a team. They're going to stay in it for a while. I'm not say they're going to get him. I've told you from the start. This is going to be difficult. Very, very difficult. You know, the the best thing that, uh, you know, honestly, the best thing any fans can do, if you want to get a guy like Dylan Stewart, uh, join your NIL collective. Uh, Carolina Rise obviously is mine, and you can obviously join it. Joey, I see you are a member, 1801 Club. I appreciate it. Uh, but any of them, you know, because when, when you're talking about Ohio State, it's hypoc- and they are hypocritical because – they're the ones that sit there and talk about no pay for play and all this. And they're the, they're the most egregious 
uh, money givers out there. <laughs> um, you know, got to do this. I'm not saying it's going to come down to that. It, Nick Harbor obviously did not come down to who gives the most money. Um, so I think everybody that's kind of concerned, oh, you'll never get a player now. Uh, that's not necessarily the case in football. So, uh, yeah, Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, South Carolina. So you got the three best programs in the country right now and the Gamecocks. So there we go. And that, that sounds a little bit – that makes you kind of gulp a little bit, a little more than like Oregon and Maryland, right? Yeah. yeah let's, let's be honest. Uh, Tay says equestrian hadn't done much lately either. I really don't care about that. I was sitting here trying to look at it and- – it's and this is like <laughs> a foreign language looking at these stats. Yeah. <laughs> Horsemanship. <laughs> I don't get yeah, it. Uh, Craiger says Heath Klein, who I got a lot of respect for, love Heath, love his opinions, had a guy on who covered him and said the kid, this is Cooper now, going back to basketball recruiting, I'm yeah. sorry, uh, is a top-level passer, struggles keeping guys in front of him defensively, but actually blocks shots, being 6'4". Said he had to play 38 minutes a game because of injury. Well, he's probably in pretty good shape. <laughs> yeah, he should be well-conditioned to play a good game. <laughs> no. Cam says we need length on the perimeter and at the wing positions. Not trying to bash, but 6'3", 6'2", guards just can't do much for you. I disagree on 6'3". 6'2", is a little short. Uh, I think Michi Johnson and Jacoby Wright in the right system can make some things happen, especially Michi. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but you uh, make blah, a good blah, vision blah. and athleticism at that you know spot for not being tall. But you need you're gonna need some taller players in there. I agree. <laughs> yeah, especially on the wing. I, mm-hmm. the, the kids from Finland are very they're very intriguing for Finland. <laughs> I'm a Finland. Oh, hello, <laughs> eating a lot of fish in that diet in Scandinavia, right? That's right. Yeah. That's why at Disney I avoid the Norway Pavilion, no matter how much. My niece loves Frozen, which I can't stand Frozen, but uh, I, I was not booking a character meal at the Norway Pavilion because he's a bunch of fish, a bunch of fish stew, and a bunch of raw fish, and a bunch of raw salmon, and then meatballs. Yeah, that's right. There's, there's technically Swedish meatballs, but it, they have meatballs. So I was like, I'm not going to sit there and unload, <laughs> uh, load up on meatballs to, so we can see Elsa and whatever her other name is. Yeah, Anna. Um, Anna, yeah, yeah. So, you just yeah, get to ride the ride. Yeah, you can see Phil's Elsa a, and Anna at the, you know, at, at, Phil, at the castle. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Phil's a girl's dad, so he knows. I, I oh just, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. The girl thing's new for me because, like, even my mom and my stepfather combined seven boys. Right now they have a girl. <laughs> seven boys, and now they have a girl. So number eight is the girl. Yeah. So they they're still kind of. <laughs> You know, swimming their way through it as well. Uh, Listen to Jay, break, Jason. Yeah, yeah, I, know, I know we're ready for a break. James says, I never listened to New Country except Chris Stapleton and Luke Combs. Well, those are two pretty damn good ones, right? Yeah, I like Stapleton. I like Stapleton. I, I, I got, there's some stuff on the Morgan Wallen, new Morgan Wallen album I like too. It's a song called 98 Braves as a Braves fan. You know, mm. I kind of like it. So, right. Anyway, mm-hmm. Chris is up uh, right now uh, after these messages. This is Inside the Game Cuts the Show. We'll be back. 
family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call at 803-446-4662 to talk about how they could potentially turn your backyard into an outdoor retreat this summer. And, of course, the first hour of the show, as mentioned earlier, is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Cindy would be happy to take care of all your upstate residential real estate needs at 864-414-5271. And as always, it is Thursday and we're joined on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. How are you doing this morning, Chris? Guys, I got to get a funnier tagline because I'm reading JC's and it says, if I were a hot dog, I'd eat myself. I, I got to start some, putting something besides right here, the Spurs up show. I can, I can do better than that. I, 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 truly. We'll I, need to, I need to push. You just come up with something I, funny. Yeah. <laughs> I need to, I need to get my creative juices flowing a little bit when I, when I get up in here. But, uh, no, guys, I appreciate you having me. JC, Phil, it's always a pleasure. And JC, I hope you had a fantastic time on, uh, vacation. Saw you were uh, hanging out with the mouse last week. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's good to be back, man. Great to be chatting with you and excited for this weekend. Obviously, we got baseball starting tonight. So the Thursday, Friday, Saturday series is always a lot of fun. And I tell you what, guys, I don't know if it's because I realized we're we're about two and a half weeks away from from the spring game or some of the conversations I've been having recently on my show. But I've got that football itch again, man. Believe it or not, like I'm a huge baseball guy, but I'm just 
it, I think it's like the weather starts to warm up and it starts to kind of remind me of when you're sitting around in the off season and you're sort of just speculating in the fall. You're like daydreaming of a packed out <laughs> Willie B and toe meeting leather. It's like, it's inevitable, right? We all fall victim to it. And uh, I don't know of late, that's kind of where I've been. But uh, anyways, guys, excited to be here. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, always, always. Yeah, no, I agree. It is. You get that little every once in a while. It's just enough to kind of carry you yeah. through the summer, right, Chris? You get the, like, the, the wind. The wind hits your cheek at just the yeah, right angle, right. and it reminds you of a, of, a, of a blustery day at the tailgate before kickoff. I don't know. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, we get. I guess some football. I, I was gonna actually start with football. I I wrote a piece today on thebigspur.com, dot com, and we we always hear the term, Chris. Flipping the room, flipping the roster, flip, flip, flip. And, and flipping is also a recruiting term, but it's one of those words that means different things. Uh, and so I went through and uh, I saw the different positions. Now, for, for those of you who don't know, flipping the room means, hey, we're either lacking numbers here or we're lacking talent. And so we need to flip it. We need new guys, in other words. Uh, and I went through and looked and, and see if you agree with this or not. Um, and I'm not going to read my little uh, word for word, my little things. You can read that. People can read that on the big It's also uh, uh, it's free. So, you know, you have to be a member to read it. All right. So quarterback, I said, flipped running back, not flipped receiver flipped tight end flip. Definitely offensive line in progress. Uh, defensive end edge, not flipped linebacker flip getting there to a certain extent. Defensive tackle in progress, uh, and secondary definitely flipped. Uh, what stands out to you as far as the blend of what Muschamp left and what Beamer has brought in? I think, you know, Muschamp, I've continued to believe, Muschamp did leave some good players here. There were some holes in the roster that they filled nicely. Um, but at some spots, you know, you still have a lot of his guys that are up there at the top of the depth chart. So, so, so your kind of thoughts about the roster overall, uh, and, and and what this staff has done to mold it into what we're going to see in 2023. Well, JC, first things first. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head when you go through and break it down position by position like that. Um, you know, I, I think what really stands out to me, because you're right, there are some must-champ holdover guys, some guys from the last staff. But, you know, what really stands out to me, not just in South Carolina football, not just college football, but college athletics as a whole, is like, Two, three years later, the rosters look so much different because of the transfer portal. Like, like everybody's coming from somewhere else. And, and I know that obviously, you know, recruiting is still the, the lifeline of your program, the, the, the blood of your program, if you will. But it's just wild to me how it's like every single position almost, it feels like there's a guy from the transfer portal comes from somewhere else. But I mean, I think they've done a great job at addressing the needs. You know, I think some things when you talk about rooms that have not been flipped and where they have deficiencies and you know, nobody was expecting Marshawn Lloyd to dip out the way he did. Nobody was expecting Lavoisier Carroll to unfortunately go down with a career-ending injury. Uh, so there's some, there's been some bad luck things. Nobody expected really, I think, you know, this time last year for sure that after the season, Jordan Birch and Gilbert Edmond will be hitting the portal. So there's been some things that have happened, um, you know, that are inevitable, I think, with the transfer portal and with NIL and all that good stuff. But, uh, I mean, I think they've done a great job at addressing the needs. Like you mentioned, there's a couple there that have been progress, offensive and defensive line, I think. Um, you know, you're not probably going to feel the impact of those guys this season because it's just so hard to play in the trenches as a true freshman. But, I mean, I've said it since the jump. I think Beamer and company have done a great job in regards to, you know, identifying what the needs are and addressing those needs, whether it be through recruiting or through – they're very intentional in the portal, right? They don't just – I feel like South Carolina's not just out there, 
grabbing guys as roster fillers. I mean, look at a guy like Nate Atkins last year. I mean, even I was skeptical. I was like, well, will this guy ever really play? And turns out he plays a huge role in your football team. Like, they know. They're able to identify these guys, uh, whether it be through the portal or recruiting. So, I mean, I think they've done a great job thus far. Obviously, there's still some must-champ holdover guys. But, I mean, I think we're all intrigued and curious to see, you know, whether it be next year or two years from now, or how, however long it is, however long it takes. Like, what does this team look like with a roster full of Beamer guys? How much different does it look? And, uh, you know, because then at that point, it truly will be completely Shane Beamer's program. Not saying it's not already, but I think you guys get what I'm saying. So um, there's still definitely a couple that are in progress or need to be addressed. I mean, we all know running back. We all know the edge position. But, you know, I think all in all, they've done a good job setting themselves up for success. And, uh, I mean, every college football team, for the most part, has got holes somewhere and how can you not in the age of transfer portal and guys kind of just up and leaving? And but it also giveth too. And I think they'll uh, I think they'll address those needs in the next uh, window of the transfer portal. Absolutely, offensive line. I look at it; it's like it's almost like the best of both worlds because you know I, I think guys like Wanamaker and and Chicago Moore finally last year I think found a home at guard. Mm-hmm. Rashawn Lee's been awfully solid. Uh, Jalen Nichols, uh, I think, really came into his own at left tackle last year. And uh, you talk to the folks inside the program, they feel like he's going to have a really good year at left tackle. Uh, but then you look behind them and you see a bunch of talented players that that have the luxury now of coming in, not being forced to play, barring injuries and stuff like that, uh, that are super talented that could use that extra year. I, I think with D tackle, it's almost like, it all kind of hinges on those four guys they signed in 2022, uh, Martin, Hickson, uh, Watson, and Weish. And I've heard somebody said something good about Weish the other day. That's pretty solid. If you look at his pictures, his arms are almost looks like a Clifton Gathers type of guy. At least yeah. not six eight. Um, I think it largely depends on how those guys do. I think Xavier McLeod's going to be fine. I think they're in the mix for obviously uh, a lot of games. And, and Muschamp left. You know, Boogie, and he left Tonka, and T.J. Sanders was a must-champ recruit, even though he signed with Beamer. Nick Barrett, same thing. Those are your top four. So the Beamer guys really, you know, they don't need to go and play right now. And, and I ask you this, how impressive is the job, because I really started digging into State, Chris, it probably didn't get stated enough, that Torian Gray's done with the secondary. Yeah. Um, think about the, the 10 years of, of, of all things, a safety drought at this school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, and what God, they've yeah. done there, and then just the sheer number of players they have back there, you know. And I know O'Donnell Fortunes is going to start; he's a holdover. And Dial was a placement by the former staff, but mm. man, oh man, you start looking. I mean, I, it was it's to the point I didn't even mention Vakari Swain mm. on the first draft of my article. I went back and added it, and, and that kid may be too good to keep, keep off the field next year. Mm. The job Torian Gray has done is, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I, I don't think it's too aggressive. And there's, there's a lot of schools that'll probably uh, state claim to this title for their DBs coach. But I mean, I think Torian Gray is the best in college football. I mean, you, you look at the job he's done, you know, since he took over and, and you think about year one and, and the year prior, obviously things were a mess in 2020 and the way that teams you've mentioned this, JC played defense and where the numbers a bit skewed, whatever. But the bottom line was that with guys like JC Horn and Israel McQuamu, you allowed like 248 yards per game pass. Something crazy, just a, a ridiculously poor number. It was awful. It was awful. And to go from that to what we've seen the last two years, you know, it was so frustrating, right? In the in the Muschamp era, one of my daily gripes was the fact that this guy played safety, coached the safety position, 
And the Gamecocks never had a safety really worth a damn. I mean, there were a few here and there, but they struggled mightily at that position. So to look at what Torian Gray's done, and for example, a guy like Darius Rush, and much love to Darius Rush. I mean, he's incredible. He's a great Gamecock. But, like, I don't think many people had high expectations of him, and he's about to be like a second or third rounder. So to take a guy like that and transform him into the player that he is now and was for the Gamecocks last year. I mean, it really just speaks to – and I guess it's one of those things, right? Because certainly one of our question marks going into the season is you lose Smith, you lose Rush, you know, your top two corners are gone. How, how do you now move forward? On the other hand, I'm like, why not just trust Torian Gray? Because at every turn he's shown that, you know, whoever he's got in that room, he's going to develop them, he's going to get the most out of them. So it'd almost be – it would almost be foolish to think that, like, one of these young guys they brought in over the last couple of years or Vakari Swain or I think of, like, a Keenan Nelson Jr., like, it'd be foolish almost to think that one of these guys is not going to emerge and be a playmaker for you. Look at look at Nicky Mawari last year. Like, there, there's going to be somebody probably like that again, just based off mm-hmm. of Torian Gray's track record. So, yeah, I mean, it's been wildly impressed with the job he's done. I think what's so intriguing, guys, is, of course, I mean, Beamer's going to get peppered with questions about the front seven, stopping the run. I feel like every single time he speaks – Somebody asked the questions, and I think it's fair because you gave up 194 yards per game on the ground last year, and he knows as well as any of us, run the ball, stop the run. That's the key to success in the SEC. But what I thought was interesting, I mean, guys, we all recall last year, he spent basically the entire preseason um, touting the defensive tackles as the best and deepest position group on the football team. So, uh, obviously, you lose Zach Pickens, but like you mentioned, JC, you got a ton of guys back, quality bodies. Uh, I think Tonka Hemingway needs to take that next step and be like truly a, a weekend, week out playmaker, not just on special teams. He had a good year last year, but like being one of those household names, if you will, we all love Boogie Huntley and his game. And but you mentioned that group, uh, JC, of sort of those those younger guys that have not really made. You know, I know Barrett and Sanders were guys they were really high on last year. I remember you and I talking about them a lot in the preseason. So just a bunch of guys taking the next step, coming into their own. And the good news is they'll have the opportunity to do that with Pickens' departure. So. Um, you know, yeah. the easy answer is trust in Beamer, but they've certainly loaded up on quality bodies and recruiting. And, you know, the job that not just Torian Gray, but Clayton White and company have done through two seasons, I think it definitely gives you a hope that uh, this defense will at minimum hold their own like they did last year enough for counter to win football games. Yeah, and I don't really like, you know, the fact that Torian Gray's name keeps coming up with recruits and interviews and things like that. I think that's really important. I think we yeah. saw that with Lonnie Teasley, you know, I mean, in every social post from every offensive tackle you know, or offensive uh, lineman that we've been, you know, kind of courting. They've always got Coach Teasley in there, which I think is a really good sign. It's just, yeah. you know, if you're reading tea leaves, not too big yeah. into that, but I think it is, you know, it's very important for these guys to have that connection early with these position coaches because that's who you're yeah. going to spend most of your time with. And, and, and Nick Gargiulo, man, I mean, I mean, Carolina Rise may do an NIL deal with him with his face on the T-shirt. I mean, that dude, he looks just evil and – uh and then they were talking to Beamer talked him up, yeah. right? The other day. Yeah, I love I loved hearing him say he's like he's nasty. He just embodies everything yeah. you want in yeah. the offensive lineman. So I, I never forget when Spurrier was here, and I think that was something he talked about. I, I think I recall correctly early in his tenure, years, like, well, we got a bunch of guys. We need some we need some big mean nasty guys up there. Nasty you know, so, guys. Hey, I, like I, I never forget when he said, We're just we're magnets of blockers. We're just magnets to blockers. That's easy. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we just let a guy block us. Magnet to a blocker. Yeah, shit. Yeah. So that's a that's a deal. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, 
But I, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how it comes together. I, I, mm-hmm. I'll make a prediction here and see what you think about it. Then we'll get on to baseball mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, I think the spring game is going to be the Lenore Seller show. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, I, I think you're going to see a lot of backup quarterbacks playing. That was my point. Yeah, I don't think Rattler plays more than like two series. I mean, what's the point, right? And it's probably going to be a lot like last year, Dinkin and Duncan. And I, I would be surprised if they go further than like 20 yards down the field on a pass. But yeah, why not, man? I mean, I think it's a great showcase for these young guys. And, and it'll be the largest crowd that most all of them have played in front of in their entire lives, even with it being a spring game, right? Because we're probably guessing – and I'm not trying to put, you know, uh, my, my expectations on Gamecock fans, but I, I'd say thirty to 40,000 will be in there. I mean, I think it'll be a really good crowd again. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to see it, man. Like, let, let the young kid spin it and see what he can do. And, you know, because I'm not necessarily holding my breath again. You know, last year I went to the season saying, oh, you know, Tanner Bailey and Braden Davis are going to play. Can't wait. And they never touched the field. Granted, I didn't yeah. expect South Carolina State to be a slugfest, but you know that was the the Satterfield. Yeah, game. early yeah. on, yeah, right, right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, so Lenore Sellers is a guy realistically <laughs> that is he really going to play? I, mean, I I hope he doesn't necessarily have to. Um, so yeah, getting getting him out there, letting him spin it a little bit in front of the home crowd, I think would be awesome. But I think that's a good one. I think that's a really good one. Uh, good yeah, I, I just I, and I, I keep reading about like his running ability. Uh, there was a quote from one of the players that like once he gets escapes, he's gone. And and mm-hmm. and I've confirmed the kids run at two hundred and thirty five pounds. He's run four four five twice. I mean. Wow. That's flying, dude. I mean, that's <laughs> for a guy that big. I mean, shoot, buddy. So uh, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, but I, I think a kid like that, when you get out there in a spring game environment, mm-hmm. his natural ability sort of takes over, and he does some fun things and stuff. Yeah. I because uh, I, I doubt Spencer Rattler is going to go out there yeah. and play more than a series. Bit, bit of a side note, JC, on that note, because you're mentioning sellers, and I, I think it's kind of a tricky thing to project and try to get inside the heads of college kids and what they're going to do, but I mean, realistically, the quarterback room. Like, do we think everybody that's in that room right now is going to be in that room come fall camp? I mean, because if a guy like, in my opinion, no. if a guy like Lenore yeah. Sellers comes in, mm-hmm. he balls out in the spring. Like, there's just a bunch of guys in there that have to be, and you know, Shane Beamer and company will, will tell them, you know, I think that's the quality of a great coach. Like, you're going to be honest with your players about their role in the football team. And, you know, I think fans have to understand, like, sometimes, like, you know, hitting the portal and stuff like that, it's not always about a bag or this, that, whatever. It's about, like, just a realistic, hey, like, we want to see you succeed and meet your potential. And maybe it's, for whatever reason, not going to be here. Like, they're looking out for each other, player and coach. So, I just was curious to get your thoughts because it just – it seems like that's a pretty crowded room. Like, there's a lot of talented football players that I'd imagine don't want to spend four years on the bench. And there's a lot of other schools right now that are right. quarterback deficient, like Auburn. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I, I, was, I, was, I was on the air in Tuscaloosa the other day, and Whip Sanderson's like, I believe Auburn's going to get a quarterback. I just don't know who. Because uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, they got the Ashford kid, and that's it. He's yeah. not a fit for what – maybe is not a fit for what Hugh Freeze likes to do. So – uh, and anytime I think if if the hype around sellers and and I don't think it's hype I think it's like tangible things that he's done like Dowell Loggins isn't going to put him third on the depth chart heading into spring mm-hmm. if he hadn't done something to get there right right and 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 I don't think I mean he was just the third one out there based on some things so he's done some good so it's not necessarily hype right. but it's you know translating all field stuff to to what you do on game day and, and right. things like that but if he's the real deal. 
Yeah. I think if you're Braden Davis, Colton Gauthier, uh, I, I don't think Lou Doty's going anywhere, right, but, right. uh, you know, uh, Tanner Bailey even, and there's a better opportunity elsewhere, uh, then, then maybe, you know, maybe you take a look at it. I, I would think if I were Tanner, I'd probably give it one more year. I don't know about Braden or Colton. Um, the, the one thing that, that does that I do look at with Tanner, he's so good. He is a really good player. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, that they were really high on him last year too, yeah. uh, as a future quarterback, but he's from Gordo, Alabama. <laughs> and who needs a quarterback? Yeah. Well, yeah. War Eagle, yeah. you know, so yeah. I don't know. You know, I just, I just to, know to your, all the things. That, to your point about sellers, too. Over there. Yeah, yeah, to your point about sellers, hype can have sort of a negative connotation because hype is something that's sort of fabricated by outside mm-hmm. noise. But, yeah, I mean, you talk to people about sellers, and he just sounds for real. Like That's pretty much it. So, yeah, I don't even know if hype yeah, is yeah. – you know, I don't know if hype is – or maybe the positive – spin of hype but i think to your point like hype can be somewhat of a negative sometimes but or potential is the most dangerous word right in sport because that's all it is is potential but i mean it sounds like lenora sellers in regards to build moxie arm strength speed i mean he's just kind of got everything you could look for and you know from that point it'll be when he gets on the field what does he do that's the question nobody really knows but i mean it sounds like he's got all the tools yeah and i and i love i love kids too that aren't just upside (laughs) They've done it like at the high school level. Like he was the, he threw for what a million yards last year, and 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 one uh, South Florence I think went further than maybe they've ever been. Yep. You Florence guys don't get mad at me about that if they've done all before. But uh, anyway, all right. So quickly, about two minutes. Your thoughts on the baseball series, which starts tonight? Uh, I'm sure you're like most of us, going, "Yeah, I hope the other shoe doesn't drop because it's Mississippi right. State." But. Uh, they, they're not very good statistically. Yeah. And uh, and quickly, your thoughts on Eli Jones starting uh, in front of we, uh, 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 Will Sanders. Because yeah. I did hear you say, don't F with a winning streak. You, you got the blue – I got that from you. Yeah. Well, they have, so here we yeah. go. Well, and I'll say this. Mark Kingston and company, they've pushed all the right buttons at this point, 24-2, and 6-0. and So, so it's kind of like one of those things when – and it's not to this extreme, but like when Shane Beamer wanted to hire Dowell Loggins as his OC, and it's like just let your coach work, especially when they've earned the benefit of the doubt, right? And, and so to this point right now, Mark Kingston's earned the benefit of the doubt. Like, hey, they think this is the best move for the ball club, then so be it. Me personally, I mean, would I have done it? No. I, I would rather allow a guy like Will Sanders to – just battle through it and figure it out and get it going. Because here's the thing, guys, just like a great hitter, a pitcher's the same way. You're not going to solve a slump on the bench. You're, you're just not going to do it. Like, you have to work through it. Now, granted, they know more about Will Sanders than I do or you, you know, any of us do. So they know what he needs more than we do. So maybe he really does just need that mental reset weekend, and that's going to be something that gets him gets him off the schneid, if you will. But I tell you what, for a team that's 24-2 and and 6-0 and in SEC play and ranked in the top 10, what just a fascinating, just a fascinating storyline. Like me as a as a college baseball fan, as a sports fan, it's just a fascinating storyline to see what South Carolina is, um, you know, is going through and what they're battling, if you will, at this point in the season. Um, you know, I, I will say if you're going to experiment with the whole Eli Jones thing, and I, I don't know what the long-term plan is, guys. I mean, again, that's another layer to this. Is it to keep Eli Jones in the game one slot? I've heard rumors or speculation that maybe this is to – you know, next weekend you're going to see Hall and Mahoney bump up to the games one and two. They'll put Will Sanders at the game three. Maybe Will Sanders just goes right back to game one. Who knows? But, I mean, it's a great weekend experiment because Mississippi State, guys, I think the other big storyline of this weekend is just the fall of this program. 
They've lost 17 straight SEC games. Guys, they have a 6-5-1 ERA right now. Their SEC ERA is 14.98. And granted, (laughs) when you give up 26 runs in one game, that will tend to skew that number. But I will say this. It's maybe uneasy is not the right word, but isn't it kind of an auspicious feeling when it's like, you go into an SEC weekend, you're on the road in Starkville. The dude is one of the best environments in college baseball, and everybody's expecting you to sweep. I've picked the sweep. You guys probably are picking the sweep. And I think, you know, based off of what we've seen, it would be disrespectful almost, I think, not to pick the Yardcocks to get the sweep based off how they've played, how bad Mississippi State has looked. But baseball's a game, guys, isn't it, that when you feel like you've got it all figured out, this game just finds a way to surprise you. At Mississippi State, again, they've lost 17 straight SEC games dating back to last year. They're not going to lose all 30 SEC games this year. Like, they're going to eventually – and, like, I'll tell you this. They might not be very good this year, but you don't go to Mississippi State to play baseball if you suck. Like, they've got good ball players, right? And all it takes is one guy. they got that kid going tonight that's the ambidextrous pitcher – uh, they've got Dome on Saturday. Of course, their TBA tomorrow. All it takes is one guy shoving, right? One guy, and they get hot. They've hit it well, 298. They've got some capable players swinging the stick. Hunter Hines, of course, Kellum Clark, Colton Ledbetter. They've got some dudes. So, listen, I think this is a weekend South Carolina absolutely at minimum should expect to win two of three. That goes without saying. But um, it's it's just an interesting weekend, right? And it's interesting an interesting feeling when – you're going on the road in the SEC, and you are just the overwhelming favorite like the Gamecocks are. So it's a fascinating weekend for sure, guys, and to see how Eli Jones – I mean, here's the thing. I think what it also shows, too, is the pitching depth at South Carolina. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're not performing, yeah. guess what? Somebody else will step up because we got the depth. We got dudes on dudes on dudes, and if you're not getting it done, you are – you are you know, there, there's a possibility that you lose your job. Guys, I, I've talked to guys that were on the 10 to 12 teams – and they tell you, they say, Chris, the pressure's on. Because if you have one bad outing, you might not pitch again for 30 games. Like, you may not see the field because there's so many studs back there waiting to take your spot. So, anyways, guys, I, I think it'll be a successful weekend. I've got the Yardcock sweeping. But, I mean, tonight is wildly intriguing with Jones in the bump. Although, I do think he will throw well. And the Yardcock should be able to swing it well enough to take all three games no matter what happens. All right, Chris, man, we'll let you run. I'll, I'll talk to you here in about, uh, I guess, an hour and 15 uh, great yes, segment as always, man. Yes, sir. Good, JC, good we'll talk you. to you 115. Phil, I appreciate you and uh, go yard. Yes, sir. We'll talk soon. Yep. Y'all take That's care. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So we didn't get in our break. That's all right. Mm-hmm. We can get another one real quick if you want to, or we could just do three in the next hour or something. Let's just do three in the next hour. Actually, good. let's go ahead and do break two and then we'll do break three, at like 15. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's that. just go do one now, and then we'll yeah. talk for a little bit and do another. We'll talk for a little bit, do another. Uh, yeah. James Churchill, Churchill's English Pub Club. <laughs> Y'all Those that grew up in the upstate in the eighties, you know what I'm talking about. Other than that, just ignore me. Um, I've got I've got answers to your questions, Landon Sampson, uh, all that good stuff here coming up. So uh, we'll be back after these messages. This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. 
He has a one price, low cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So yeah, eight four three six nine nine one zero zero one. This is one zero zero two. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters are by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned in to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. You're top of the coup. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I guess this is the second hour officially, seeing as how we go for two, and it's after the first one. Brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia, 803-446-4662 is how you get in touch with John Barber and his team, or shoot John an email at johnb at expresssunrooms.com. I paused right there, JC, because I said, John B., have you been watching this Outer Banks? Do you watch Outer Banks? <laughs> I, I had an audition uh, when I lived in Atlanta uh, nice. and had an, an acting agent for Outer Banks. I was a... I guess it was the first episode of the pilot. It was a security guard or something. Didn't get, didn't get the part, but no, I've never watched it. A lot of people love that show, though. No, my wife and uh, uh, the oldest have fallen in love with this show. And this uh, John B is one of the characters. And I, when I said John B, I was like, and I immediately just thought about my daughter running around here talking about John B and the gold. So I don't know. <laughs> I haven't awesome. seen very much of it. I know, yeah. I just took pause there. But we're live from the Sinorama studio, Sinorama Columbia. Definitely one of our better partners. All of our partners are our better partners, though. But go great. around any of these things when you're at Founders next weekend. Uh, gosh, what, outside of uh, all the football facilities, that's all Sinorama's handiwork. They'll be happy to help you out as well. Give them a call. And I will pull up the telephone number here for you. I believe it's 803-407-9284. 803-407-9284 is how to get in touch with Sinorama. If you want to do a car wrap, you want to 
uh, put together. Hey, JB even said they put together some uh, Gamecock placement. I mean, not placements, but uh, formats. No, formats. not even for. Uh, what do you call them? The tablecloths. 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 Table cloth. Yeah. Tablecloths. Tablecloth. <laughs> table I like. like Whatever you want on whatever you need. So there you go. Get in touch with Sonorama Studios, 803-407-9284. I love that. Somebody complimented me on uh, ad reads earlier. So there's the uh, there's the foil. <laughs> the foil. The foil. Right. Continue on Nana's Church chat, chat box. James, uh, the last thing I heard about Landon Sampson... Hey Phil, yes, exactly. Uh, we brought. We have not been hey, drinking this morning. No, no, we're just shout out to Julie from Arlington Heights. It's her birthday today. Hey, here's a beef sandwich and a Budweiser. Speaking Sean of birthday, the plate. <laughs> yeah, it's your brother's birthdays. birthday. Happy it birthday, is my brother uh, Cam Sherbert Schubert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cam's birthday is today. Uh, I don't know how. I guess he's born in 1983. So, oh my God, is he 40? Look over the hill. Cam is over. Cam the hill. is 40. Oh, I got to give him crap. Yeah, you do. Oh. It is also Will Wonder's birthday today. So oh, he's Will. Birthday off. Well, he's at least not starting. Something tells me we may see him, though, at some point tonight. Yeah, so I don't know. They may let him. I don't know what. I'm talking to Whittle, uh, and, and Whittle doesn't. Uh, I don't know. He, he's not sure what's going to happen with him. He, he, he. I would lean more towards Phil. They give him the whole weekend off and let him reset and come back. You know. Yeah. So, but I don't know. Who, who knows? I mean, you know, the the you play to win the game, and if it Will Sanders going in helps you win the game. More power to you. And knew it. Yeah, uh, that's right. But first pitch set for what? Seven o'clock. Seven Eastern. Uh, yeah. Seven. And uh, did you pull up the Bra- – is the Braves' first pitch at one? Is that, I'm am I saying it. that correctly? It's the classic TBS start time of one oh five for the Braves. <laughs> right after Sanford and Son. That's right. Right <laughs> after Sanford and Son. There go the Braves. Cool. Cubbies 220 facing the former uh, Cy Young winner <laughs> in Burns from – Milwaukee, not really expecting much, but we'll see. And of course, your South Side Sox taking off 708 national televised on ESPN. So you don't even have to um, search for your game. You can just sit back and watch it. (laughs) Yeah, they put the Astros are kind of a. uh, One of the two White Sox games I've been to since I've been here, one was against the Astros. I refused to sit in the in the the peasant seats. Is what I called it. Uh, I was a kind of a so I forked out two hundred bucks to get the luxury box uh, <laughs> at, at the, to watch the Astros beat the crap out of the Sox. Uh, got to eat a lot of food, drink a lot of beer, and, and all that during that game. Uh, but then I did go. We took a charter bus last year, as the week before college football kicked off, with our buddies from a place called Pelican Harry's. Uh, you, you think Pelican Harry's Phil, you think, oh, Shrimp Boil, Seaside, Beach Bar, yeah. Hula Girls, not Homer Glen, Illinois, <laughs> across from a cornfield. There's no damn pelicans anywhere near here. That's right. There's, there's seagulls, actually, on Lake Michigan, believe it or not. I yeah, think. I've seen I mean, that. Yeah. Seagulls. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
Pelican. But anyway, we went on the Pelican Harry's bus. It was a lot of fun. Saw them play the Diamondbacks. They've lost both times. But the Astros put them out of the playoffs two years ago. Yeah. And I was at another my favorite bar, the Tavern. A lot of Sox fans in there, man. And it was one of the saddest things I've ever seen. Because the, the Astros, it was one of those points in the game, the Astros were up like 10 to 1. It was the elimination game, so you knew the end was nigh. And, yeah. and you could hear a pin drop in there. And unfortunately for everybody in the bar, the Braves won the World Series that year. So uh, that game five or whenever when the Braves clinched it, just Nat and I and a couple of sad Sox fans mm. sitting there cheering. So whoop de doo hoo hoo All right, James, back to answer your question. <laughs> I, bet you thought, I bet you thought I'd forgotten about you, Churchill, didn't I? No. Um, <laughs> last thing I heard about Landon Sampson was uh, during Gator Bowl practice, he apparently was doing some really good things. He got in the Gator Bowl. He played. I think he got one target. Um, I think he's still going to be pretty yeah. good. You know, I, I I expect A to drop it. I expect him in the rotation this year. He needed to get a lot stronger. He was having trouble getting off press coverage, uh, which happens, you know, with, with um, um, sometimes guys that are making that transition from high school. Excellent route runner, good hands, above average speed. Probably really good speed if you, if you put him on a clock. Uh, so I, I don't think you've heard the last of Landon Sampson. I can't guarantee a number of catches this year because South Carolina's receivers, I think, are going to be pretty good as a whole. But uh, I think he's still coming along, at least last I heard. That was a while back. So um, I'll specifically check in on him uh, here pretty soon. But uh, I, I think Landon's going to be fine. James also asked if uh, if, ne- if uh, the next year's quarterback battle would be Tanner, Bailey, and Sellers maybe splitting time. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the splitting time thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'll tell you this. In this offense, you're going to have to be able to throw the football well to be the quarterback. And and so right now, I would say Tanner's probably ahead of Lenore's throwing the ball, but it's not – Lenore's sitting one of those guys where it's like, can't throw, you know. <laughs> Some of these dual-threat quarterbacks is like down the south are like, can't throw, can't throw. <laughs> uh, Sellers can throw. Uh, I think uh, with him it's been a matter of, um, and he hasn't thrown it poorly. It's been a matter of, you know, learning the offense and everything's going 99 miles an hour faster than at South Florence High School. Um, so uh, so we'll see. I, I, you know, and so then if you get it equal, let's say, can't throw, can throw. And uh, Tanner's throw. I mean, and so then you, you decide, well, do we want the older guy that's got one more year of practicing that's, you know, 6'1", 200, and has, can move around a little bit. Or do we want the six foot three, two hundred and thirty five pound freak of athlete <laughs> that runs four five? If they're equal <laughs> passers, I think you'd go with B uh, yes, on that one. Uh, but I, I, I can see it shaping up that way. I think Dante Reno is going to have a lot to to say during his career because his arm is just so good. He's got such good arm talent. Uh, but we'll see. It's going to be that's going to be that's not a huge storyline right now. But I'm telling you guys. Once Spencer Rattler leaves the program after this season, that's going to be the million-dollar question. Who's going, to, who's going to take the job? And the good news is it's not like that year that Tommy Beecher and Chris Smelly were battling it out <laughs> and, and you had to play Garcia as a redshirt freshman and all that good stuff. Uh, actually, no, Garcia was a true freshman in 08. Or, or the year it was just Garcia and Reed McCollum was behind him where you're like, don't get hurt, Stephen. Please, <laughs> you know that's right. Um, it, it's not that they're 
I mean, whoever comes out of that mix is going to be really good, you know, because competition makes everybody better. Uh, so I'm fired up about that. Um, 76 Gamecock says, I am a walking cliche with the one game at a time theme. I really love this team, but I won't, don't want to get into some false expectation of always sweeping. Breaking out the broom is nice, though. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. <laughs> they've won so many times. I mean, they've, I mean, 24 and 2 and 6 and 0. Oh. <laughs> there's going to be a letdown. And I guarantee you, there's about five people out there on the bigspur.com that if Kingston happens to lose this game tonight, one game, even if he comes back and wallops them and wins the series, fire him now. Fire Tanner. Yeah. Fire everybody. Yeah. Hey, disappointing. <laughs> so I had a guy it's tell me. Information um, we've ever had. <laughs> yeah. I had a guy on the Big Spur tell me, and, and look, I, I I understand where he's coming from because I made the point that I mean, heck, Mike Morgan on our show that day made the point that two and seven against the next nine teams Carolina plays would be pretty good. Uh, I said four and five would be great. Uh, I, I think he was more like debating what the word "great" is, where the word "great" means uh, against Vandy, Florida, and and LSU. Um. Because four and five, that means, you know, you, you won at least one series against that bunch, uh, and you didn't get – either either got swept once or didn't get swept at all. Um, and I thought that would be good uh, for anybody because, like, look, you judge Carolina baseball about the postseason, and, and the postseason is set up a lot differently than these three-game series against these monster teams. And, and you may be a monster team yourself, but good on good in baseball – you know, what if the deciding ninth game to go four and five goes 13 innings and, you know, a freak play happens and you lose two to one, three to two. I mean, that, that's not bad baseball right there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that as we get into the meat of the schedule and, and Carolina's fun, ultimately going to lose games, they will lose a series or two this year or more. Um, as we get into that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if, Maybe the twenty-four and two start doesn't work against them a little bit because it, it, it has you know you get used to this great feeling. That's a like a violent film song. Good feeling. Won't you stay with me just a little longer? You know that song, <laughs> Phil? Yes. yes. Just a little longer, and you get all sad. I think the loss in Charlotte last week helped. As I think so too. That is. I think that was a good like sting. You know, it, it hurts so good, if you will. <laughs> so good. Come on, baby. Make it anyway. Yeah, because it's so, yeah, they yeah, rolled one left. I'm with you because they came back, you know, and then they it was like and th- that's what I like about this team. Uh, that's what I like about a lot of the hitters in the lineup, particularly Cole Messina and Ethan Petrie and Carson Hornick. Yes, they faced adversity. Yes, they've struck out. Yes, they've had some bad things happen. But you never know when one of them's going to come back. And Ethan Petrie gets pissed off when, when he doesn't hit the ball or strikes out or fly ball or whatever. And the next at bat, that's usually your butt. Yeah. If you're an opposing pitcher. And I love that about that guy. That guy's resilient as all get out, especially for a true freshman. Uh, so I definitely see uh, what you're talking about. Hey, we got our buddy from down under, Tim, from the Tim. land of the. The kangaroos and the Subaru Outback. Good day, Tim. From Australia, says good day, clowns. Congrats on the big one, the big one five zero. Keep up the great work, up the mighty cocks, and happy opening day from Maine to San Diego. That's right. Hello That's from the song. future. <laughs> Hello from the future. Hello from the future. 
That's where I got that from. Tim, does he call he, he's reaching out to us from tomorrow? <laughs> um Nana's church chat box. That's Nana's that? church. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was me coming off of one of the more the Nana's uh, church. I've done. <laughs> if Nana's porch is good country cooking again, what's Nana's church look like? Is there a potluck there? Is there the Wednesday night spaghetti supper? Remember the Wednesday night? Yes. Churches still have that, the Wednesday night spaghetti supper. I know my grandmother's church used to have it, but it used to throw down on that homecoming. It'd be, you know, yeah. that would be one of my favorite Sundays to go out there. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was always, I was like, my parents would barter with me. They're like, hey, if you go to big church, that's after Sunday school, for those that didn't know, we'll take you to Wade's. Oh. And then, of course, I'm starving. And, uh, <laughs> I can't, but then Wade's at Spartanburg during Sundays after big church, there's a line out the door. You know, you got to wait. Yeah. You finally get there and you, you get those first couple of yeast rolls and you gobble them up, butter and all. And then you're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then the deliciousness comes. I'd always get the turkey and dressing back then. Oh. But uh, anyway, Haynes says, JC, all time favorite brave, oh. Dale Murphy. Oh, that's a good point. I, I, and look, and I, either Dale Murphy or I'll go with Dale Murphy because he was kind of before the Braves were popular or trendy. <laughs> um, and, and I watched all 160 games in 1988. They lost 106 of them. And Dale was on that team. Uh, but of, of the modern, probably John Smoltz. And that's just because when I was a young reporter at the Gainesville, Georgia Times, uh, starting out, uh, I had to go interview John, go over to Marietta and interview John or Alpharetta and interview John Smoltz about something he was doing. He was the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. I mean, here's John Smoltz. He took the time to talk. He answered my questions. He was appreciative. There's a little tiny paper from over in Gainesville. Um, mm-hmm. Just a tremendous, uh, uh, I always liked that about him. And they were all so good. All the pitchers, were, all those players were so good, Chipper and, all the pictures and stuff. Uh, it's hard to choose just one. So for personal reasons, I'll go with Smoltz. It is tough. I'm going Ryan Sandberg is my favorite Cub. It was always fun hey, to watch play. That's right. <laughs> hey, Ryan Sandberg's now up. Yeah. Hey, shout out. <laughs> Dustin Schoenberg's yeah. birthday today. <laughs> hey, Sandberg got hit in the face with the ball. Hey, <laughs> hey. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That was a piece of cotton candy that got loose. That's like some, some of my other favorites, you know, it's like, like Andre Dawson, you know, but I, I think of him, you know, I mean, he's as an Sam. expo too, you know, I think Greg Maddox and, you know, the Braves really kind of claim him. Although, you know, Hey, that's where he got to start was in Chicago. So I, I hated about, to see uh, him go. That one hurt my feelings real bad. The Maddox trick. Yeah. Oh, God. That, yeah. I was a happy brave when that happened. I'm I like, bet. so don't have to deal with Charlie Lee Brand or Steve Avery anymore. We get right. Maddox now. That's yeah. sweet. Nice. How about uh, Sammy Sosa? I was a Sosa fan. I, I you know, I, I, it didn't bother me, I guess, at the time, you know, that everybody was juicing because everybody was freaking juicing. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But I did want him to pull ahead of uh, McGuire during that. That that season, yeah, ripping each other apart, but no, nah, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. McGuire got the better of him. <laughs> yeah, but ah, I, I wasn't Sammy. I'm, I, you know, you know, Sammy. Interesting. 
he, he looks a lot different now than he did back in the day. <laughs> Saw a picture of him recently. I was like, that's Jimmy Sosa, is it? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Bonds, too. Churchill says Smoltz. He says I got Churchill on the brain, and he mentioned fried chicken from Wade's. Yeah. I, my, my fiance loves fried chicken. Like, she gets a big smile on her face if she gets, like, a chicken breast from somewhere. Kind of a connoisseur, to be honest. I don't like chicken on the bone, believe it or not. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't, but, but the fried chicken from Wade, she has to try. Um, she did get to try it from the beacon uh, when we were in Spartanburg last, but uh, unfortunately Wade's has started to close on Saturdays. So we didn't get a chance oh. to go to Wade's on our way out of town last time I was in the bird, but uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, Crager says he'll be saying hello from Fort Walton Nietzsche <laughs> on Monday. Uh, Sonny <laughs> says, Spaghetti dinners, dang, funding cross-country teams all over the low country. That's right, we're going to have a spaghetti dinner or, yeah. or a fish fry. Yeah. <laughs> fish fry. A spaghetti dinner or fish fry? One of those two. I was like, I'll have neither. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not a big fish fry guy either. So, anyway. All right, we gotta, we're, we're going to take a break uh, right now and be back with more Nana Sports chat box. We do have a question from the mailbag from our guy, Dre. Uh, it's good to hear from him again. It's about the baseball, Major League Baseball and all that. So we're fired up about it. Um, and we'll have that for you and more. And uh, going to get into a little more football uh, and stuff like that, see what you guys think. Uh, although, uh, yeah, all, although, also, recruiting, don't forget Blake Franks commits tomorrow. And um, we'll see where he goes. I'm sort of nervous. Yikes. All right, after these messages. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter, at Mayor Taylor, and find her online at mckellarenterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. <laughs> You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're rooster who's born to crow. Well, I 
let you wonder when, when you went and lost a step or two. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. <laughs> My dumb butt just played the same commercial break again as we did the last okay. one. Hey, I got good I news for you. Like, oh, I remember this song from like, oh yeah, 20 minutes, minutes ago. <laughs> hey, I got, so, I got some news for you guys. Unfortunately, no Disney commercial today. Yeah, that's, we'll just, there will be no we'll just cut, cut the Disney commercial. <laughs> Go to wherethisroadleads.com and Sheree can help you book that. But uh, that's right. by the way, Sheree helped me book mine and everything was flawless. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, I was uh, gonna ask I, if you went my, my brother is that Cam, mm-hmm. whose birthday's day, the 40 year old <laughs> old man. Uh, he's now uh, he's going with his family, uh, and I think she helped him too. So, and she can also help mm-hmm. you if you want to go to Japan or Thailand or France. Or Tahiti, Tahiti, or like on lifestyles of the rich and famous Tahiti. Uh, she can help you with that too. So wear this redleaves.com. So there we got that in. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Phil. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're good. I mean, you know, I was just <laughs> commenting on my stellar performance from the producer's chair today. Quantrell has a beef with vacation Bible school. By the way, as the Nana's Porch chat box rolls on. Oh, I do too. That was always, you know what? I always found it lacking. It was sold up and built up, and, you know, to be the best thing ever. You're going to have so much fun. And it just didn't quite hit the mark. <laughs> I did. I did. I do have like some, some like love, uh, so some uh, love regrets about Vacation Bible School. There's a really cute girl at the time. I'm not going to say her name. Uh, that uh, was um, in my church. Uh, I went to first, I'm not even going to say what church. It was a Baptist church. Later later on, I switched denominations. But um, I never really gave her the time of day. I think she had a crush on me, at least. And uh, uh, I was watching the Grammy Awards a few years ago, and she won a Grammy. So it's like, shit. So before I met Nat, of course, kind of living a single life, I was full of regret. That's right. Thank you, God. God has a plan. But Quantrell says, I hated vacation Bible school permitted cheese sandwiches that they served the kids while the adults got choice of turkey and Swiss or ham and cheese. Man, I'd have been taking money out the offering plate. <laughs> I'd been going, taking That's my right. butt to Subway. That's right. All we'll right. So, <laughs> so you guys know I used to be a Chippendales dancer and all that. I've, I've gone into that many times on this show. Let me tell you who would not have been in 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 the running for the Chippendales uh, calendar. The 1980s Braves. Like, take Dale Murphy out of it. All right. Let's look at these, like, these dudes. Like, you know, and chicks, girls love baseball players. I don't know how they did back then, right? Bob Horner, who Craig's granddad called Biscuit Bud. Biscuit butt. <laughs> Not a beautiful man. Uh, Glenn Hubbard, missing a couple of teeth, but had an outstanding mullet and a stash. Uh, Ken Oberkfell. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> not, 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 not of the attractive uh, stage. Uh, Zane Smith, the pitcher. Another <laughs> mullet and dental work needed. And then the ultimate one. 
Rick Mailer. I don't think that dude had any teeth at all and had a fabulous mullet. The 1980s Braves were the least attractive baseball team, I think, in the history. Up until, and no offense to, I think Justin Smoke was on this team, so I'm not talking about him. Uh, obviously, maybe I am. Like the Milwaukee Brewers a couple of years ago, I watched one of their games, and it, they looked like a motorcycle game. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, dude, the 88 Braves, those boys were like, man, it, it was just like, ah, you know, I, I, you know, you have girls that love baseball to hang out and sit behind the dugout. And I just, I just don't know about that, man. Maybe the looks were a little different. And then back then, too, you know, you saw them off the field. They're wearing jean shorts. Right. Yeah. This <laughs> is the 80s. You know, yeah, that's it's right. Is it was a different time, a different time. Um, so anyway, uh, 76 brought back those memories. Um, so, uh, and, uh, Lynn makes the point that Braves could be in play for Otani next year. Yeah. They're paying him a lot of money. Yeah. You're going to have to get that checkbook out. Yeah. Uh, but the the angels, that, that one year deal is ridiculous. Michael says he used to go back and forth between WGN and TBS. Yeah. It was a treat for me when the Braves played the Cubs because I get, got to listen. It's kind of like when I used to listen to Larry Munson called the Georgia Carolina games. Yeah. You get to pick your like, announcer. Yeah. 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 Listen to Larry. And <laughs> yeah, dad's in the booth next door getting drunk. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Steve Stone. Oh my. <laughs> Steve Stone, Harry Carey here. Ryan Sandberg's at the plate. Just want to. Let's go shout out to my son Skip next door. Hey Skip, Skippy. Hey, hey Skip, want a Budweiser? Yeah, <laughs> I'll just stick with a Jack Daniels, Dan. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, anyway. Michael, Mark, Grace too. Yeah, I loved Gracie. That was in that time. Yeah. Uh, cynical Aries says nice read on the Big Spur JC. Yeah, I went through and said flipped or not flipped. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, and we hear that. And look, it's not a big deal because what matters is. Who's on the roster this year? Can they play worth a damn? <laughs> and are they going to be good? You know, yeah. uh, but it's nice to kind of dig in because so, you know, a lot of times people are like, you know, they take the 10,000 foot view. They're like, well, he's, he's doing it with all of Muschamp's players. Well, he's doing it with some of Muschamp's players, but he's also doing it with a lot of his. And they've been really, really good um, at, at filling holes and, uh, I think the high school recruiting has gotten better and better and better and better and better. Uh, and I think this year we'll see that yet again. Um, so the future's bright, folks, with football. Uh, Obert Fell, Horner, and Rick Mailer. Yeah, Clint did that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> LOL, JC, is she a Christian artist? I think I know who you're talking about. Look, I'm, I don't want to bring any of this up, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to put a can of worms. That's crazy to even say because it's like, I mean, I don't even know this. I haven't talked to this. I, I don't even know this person even knows who I am, right? I don't even remember her name, barely. If I hadn't seen it on the Grammys. So we don't need to talk about this, uh, BRC. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Definitely trouble. Uh, LOL at Otis Nix and Snorting made that dude run like the Roadrunner. Heck yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Otis Nixon, boy. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. That. They all had the 80s. I love that. <laughs> they all had the 80s porn star mustache. Yeah, they did. That whole team oh. looked like this straight out of. They're just uh, the ugliest team in, ba- in the history of baseball. 
They didn't win very much either. They were pretty terrible. Uh, no. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff Blauser was sort of a in between your guy. He, he wasn't a very good look. I mean, he had that curly hair. I mean, man, come on. I don't know. I don't know how they, how they did that. 76 as I remember going to a Hawks game to watch young LeBron and met Andrew Jones only to realize I was sitting directly behind Nelly and Ashante, but I was more excited about beating Andrew Jones. Yeah. Andrew Jones. Mm-hmm. Mark Lipke was an odd duck. Yeah, that's right. The Atlanta Braves. We don't care how you look at all. Come here and just express yourself. Just come play. (laughs) Yeah, BRC says smart man to plead the fifth on that one. Yeah, watch BRC be like married to this person or something. I'm like, oh, God. How did you figure (laughs) it out? Yeah, that's right. I know her. Uh, speaking speaking of Skip Carey, uh, so my favorite <laughs> Churchill says my favorite Skip call was when they're wishing happy anniversary to someone, and Skip says, "I've been married thirty five years." If you add all three up, <laughs> I can imagine that dude's probably not the easiest person to kind of hang with, even be friends with, much less married to. You wake up in the morning, right. maybe she's sweet and makes you breakfast. It's like, yeah, hey, why don't you just feed me more donk slop? You're trying to kill me. <laughs> What? And you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Clint Morris Clint brings up Bruce Benedict. My God. Remember, they used to go, Bruce yes. Benedict. And he'd get a hit and they go, Bruce. <laughs> My God. Anyway, boy, this has been fun. Uh, but anyway, the, the Atlanta Braves kick off uh, to. Pitch off? Is it a pitch? I know it's uh, kick off. <laughs> pitch off the season. Pitch off. I like hit off the season. Pitch off. The Start season. the season. Uh, first pitch. No, that's the Cubs. Uh, they just throw away. Pitch it off. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty fired up about the Braves game too. Uh, I've got to be on the Spurs up show for the first little bit, but uh, I, I don't know how I can get it out of market. I'm probably going to just end up biting the bullet and paying the MLB TV thing, right, so I can stream it. But because uh, I'm out of market, you know. I'm SOL. Isn't that better for you, though, being out of market? Like, don't you get the Bally's with the out of market? I thought it was the in market, but I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I hate that WGN doesn't show the Cubs anymore. That does. (laughs) They haven't for years. It's called, like, Premier or something like that. And and the White Sox were on NBC. And there's some kind of thing going on with regional sports networks, too. One of the distributors, I think, filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. So ESPN may drag it in as part of their app. I read that. I read that on the internet the other day. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, so we'll see what the deal is there. Yeah, seventy six points it out. Bally Sports uh, is going to be an issue with that, and that's part of that whole Disney ESP or Disney purchase of Fox. Uh, yeah. It was an antitrust thing where they were like, "No, no, no, Disney." You can't have all these regional sports networks to go along with ESPN because it's, it's anti-competitive. Well, man, they didn't have – obviously, these people didn't have a pot to piss in, you know, or any yeah. money. Uh, and so now, you know, I don't know if uh, it'll be uh, Michael Lynn. I'm not going to read that, but that's funny. Uh, you know, I was like that that kind of thing. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, BRC says if you're in the market, MLB TV would be blocked. Devil in a market, two teams. So they're going to force me to watch the Cubs and White Sox? No, they wouldn't let you watch. 
the Cubs and White Sox. Yeah, they'd be blocked in the uh, yeah in the local markets. Is yeah, my understanding. But anyway, the uh, uh, the Braves are playing the Expos today, and I hate the Expos with all my heart. Yeah, I'm just not a big fan of of of, of that particular DC sports franchise. Don't worry, I don't like the Wizards either. I'm okay with the Redskins, but uh, I just uh, not a fan of the Montreal Expos. So there you go. Uh, T-Mobile customers get MLB for free. Yeah, Heen, I can't do T-Mobile. My mom has T-Mobile. Everybody I know that's had T-Mobile, I'd rather be able to, like, talk on the phone when people call me when I do pick up. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, that's the thing there. Clint says, yeah, the Expos had the greatest uniforms. Yeah, I call them the Expos, like, uh, tongue-in-cheek. Oh, yeah, I was like, hold on, wait a minute. (laughs) They're the Nationals, you know. Also, you know. When they were actually the Expos, man, I thought it was cool. And Skip Carey used to make fun of, uh, what was his name, Loopy, the, their mascot. He's like, there's Loopy. Loopy. <laughs> ah. <laughs> My God. I know. <laughs> so that, that's the thing with me there. Watch every game for free on Dofu Sports. I don't know. I got to figure this out. Uh, so anyway, um, how many more breaks do we have now, Phil? Are we? Are we? Uh, if we cut out the last one, one. We cut. We have two left. All right. Because I played so two twice, so I got to play three and four. If we're cutting yeah. out five, yeah, yeah, we're cutting out five. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, James says, like I call the Panthers the Charlotte Panthers. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. a I was a Falcons fan, and you know now I'm a Bears fan. But I've, 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 I don't pull for look. Panthers get the Super Bowl, the playoffs, or whatever. I'm pulling for them because a lot of you guys do, and I and I care about you. I care about my audience. Oh my God. No, but uh, look, it's, uh, you know, but I'm not a Panthers fan. No. I could care less. You know, I didn't hate Matt Rule. <laughs> no. I so, hope they take Anthony Richardson <laughs> 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 or Will Levis. That's who it all begins Richardson and Levis. First round, draft, first overall. Dude. Pick. Frank Reich's Frank Reich's not going to make that mistake. No, he's I, I can't. I can't see that. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's like looking and 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 you 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 you, you know who's going to win the game and cover the spread, but the underdog has twenty five to one odds, and so you get a bigger payout, and so you're sitting there in your mind going, I can see a path where this team would win when you know it's not going to happen, but it could. No. And so you, you get enticed by that, so you put all your money on the twenty five to one, and it doesn't work. Yeah, right. that's why they call it gambling, folks. And that, and that's what my mom would look at me. Like, that's why it's gambling. Yeah, okay. Oh man! All right, so we got to take a break. <laughs> we played one twice, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna get to this break, and then we'll have another break, and then we'll be uh, seeing you guys off. Happy opening day of Major League Baseball, by the way. I know we sort of celebrated college a little more because we're a college sports show. But this is special, too, um, and I can't wait to have a couple of lattes this afternoon and uh, express myself <laughs> and, um, and express yourself and uh, and enjoy uh, an afternoon of baseball and all that as we head into the weekend. Don't forget, JB will be back tomorrow with Stuart Lake to talk about the Gamecocks uh, the night before and all that. All right, hit a break. Be right back. Inside the Gamecocks, the show rolls on. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. 
It's really good Southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back to the Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody, presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia, 803-446-4662. It's how to get in touch with them, see how they can bring some more sunshine into your life this summer. And, of course, don't forget, we are powered and charged by Electric Bikes of Charleston. Oventon, Velotric, Magnum, those are the big names down there. They've got them all. Go see Michelle. She plays the show inside the store. Hello to everybody who's already down there. What is it? 28 miles per hour max speed on these things. They go for 60 miles. You don't have to just use the pedal assist mode. You can pedal and get still get all the exercise you need. Get far enough away from home, and then you can kind of coast your way back and not have to exert quite so much on your cool-down ride. But Happy to have that electricbikescharleston.com. How to do some shopping online with them and go see them in their Mount Pleasant location and uh, let Michelle know you heard it here first. All right, inside the Gamecocks, the show rolls on. Uh, 7 p.m. first pitch, Gamecocks and Mississippi State Bulldogs. Our boy Jan is in Starkville building a beer tree. Jan's Jan's good people, man. It, it sounds like fun, man. If I, if I lived in the South... I would probably hit up a couple of road baseball series just because it sounds like a lot of fun. And you get three games. So yeah. three days is just fun and tailgating and fun and fun. And, and as bad as the start, start for Mississippi State season is, you probably get pretty cheap tickets. Pretty good seats. <laughs> Great seats available. Great seats uh, at good prices. Perfect transition here. Speaking of great seats available, Quantrell in the Nanosports chat box has – an interesting point about Georgia Tech. Yeah. Do you guys see their stadium when they played Georgia this year? I'd have fired everybody. I mean, I know they had no ch- – not, not this year. It was two years ago, 2021. I know they weren't going to win, but <clears throat> there was a drone shot over that. It was nothing but red and black. It was a, it was a Georgia home game. Georgia probably had them 70-30 in that one. Uh and they got problems. So Quantrell says, heard another podcast bring up the solution to making Georgia Tech relevant. And they said by someone having enough money to endow another easy major into the program to get more recruits, is that true? 
Uh, no. Uh, I Here's the thing. Georgia Tech's had the same majors for years. Uh, a lot of their athletes do go into what's called management. I think they still have that. Uh, Georgia Tech has been to two Final Fours in men's basketball. They've won ACC championships when the ACC was really good. They uh, won an ACC tournament last year. Uh, they've won ACC championships in baseball. Uh, they've won ACC championships and gone to New Year's Day bowl games of football. They're in the ACC. Uh, they've competed in that conference at a high level, and Georgia's always been there. Auburn's always been there. Clemson's always been there. That They've always been surrounded by great schools. They've always had a small fan base. Their problem is they make poor decisions, and they use every excuse in the book for poor personnel decisions. Now, I'll say this. Uh, I think you almost had to give it to Brent Key this year because that team was dead in the water under Jeff Collins, and he made them respectable, and they won some games they shouldn't have. They beat North Carolina, who won their division. Um, They were competitive for a quarter or two against Georgia, which is amazing. (laughs) South Mm -hmm. Carolina wasn't, so uh, a lot of teams weren't. so I think you had to get, but but if they had not hired him, I didn't have a lot of faith they would hire somebody uh, that would work. I mean, you know, there was talk about Dan Mullen. I think that's the type of guy you need at Tech, somebody that can out coach you. You know, they hired Jeff Collins, who's essentially a, a, a recruiter, and he goes in there and plasters four oh four. We're Atlanta's team all over the place, and we were talking about that. Um, Quantrell, listen to JC and Morgan the next episode because we pre-recorded something with Matt Chernoff, and he talked about tech, because uh, he's there on 680 The Fan in Atlanta. And he said, you know, their branding is all cattywampus. He didn't use the word cattywampus. That's a me word. But uh, you know, half the time they're like, we're going to be Atlanta's team. Half the time it's not. We're going to go, you know, recruit nationally like an academic school. I think hiring Paul Johnson was was something that put trophies in the trophy case. And gave them a little bit of joy because they beat Georgia. Yeah, they'd sneak up on Georgia a couple times. But I also think it was the worst thing that could happen in their football program because at the end, they just always sort of hung in the balance. Um, they didn't, they never really had a great team um, <clears throat> with great players. Uh, Chan Gailey left Josh Nesbitt and Jonathan Dwyer and Morgan Burnett there. Uh, he had a really good recruiting class, I think, in 07, 08. He left some studs there, and and he capitalized, won the ACC. <clears throat> and then they sneak up on people. But, you know, they go out, in other words, and, and beat Miami 35-28. Then they go out and lose to App State 35-28. You know, he refused to recruit high-level athletes. It was hard to recruit high-level athletes into his offensive system. They didn't pay enough attention to defense. They, they really, Jeff Collins inherited a Southern Conference-level roster. You know, uh, and, and it was going to take a while to dig out of it. Well, then Colin starts recruiting, and he does do a little well, a little, a little okay recruiting. And then all of a sudden the transfer portal comes about, and everybody leaves, yeah. you know. And and maybe academics do have something to do with that. But uh, my thing is this. Georgia Tech, you know, like I said, when Bobby Ross won a national championship there in 1990, academic standards were the same, and they got players. And so I, I think it's just, you know, and, and hopefully because I like Brent Key a lot and I like Georgia Tech a lot. I've always kind of pulled for them, you know, because probably mainly because of Bobby Crimmins and mainly because they're in the ACC and they never play Carolina. 
though I do wish Carolina had played them the last couple of years. Uh, I think Carolina did have uh, 2020-2021 on the schedule with them, and Carolina kind of bought out of it because I don't think you wanted to play a triple. I think Muschamp was like, no triple option teams, and then lo yeah. and behold, they're not they're not anymore, and they're terrible. And so you could have gotten some wins, but anyway, um, I think that uh, I think that the key with Georgia Tech is just just personnel, and in basketball, there's really no excuse. Now we'll see what Damon Stoudemire can do there, because uh, I do think it's a good job. It's in Atlanta. It's a hotbed. You don't have to have 85 guys to win in hoops, but you know. Honestly, nobody's done it but Bobby Crimmins, except for Paul Hewitt, who had Chris Bosch and went to the championship game that one year, uh, and then he fell off. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. I, I know that for football, though, it's not a recruiter. It, it, it needs to be a sneaky good recruiter, like Dan Mullen. Uh, Dan Mullen, people say he can't recruit. Well, he's not going to sign a top five class. But he's going to go get guys that are just as good. I mean, look at Mississippi State and what he did there with uh, Dak Prescott and uh, the running back from Louisiana. They had that one year and all that good stuff. So, you know, we'll, we'll see sort of what happens, uh, you know, with uh, Georgia Tech. But I, I just don't buy that it's uh, – you know, Notre Dame people use that excuse too. Uh, <laughs> oh, academics. Eh, well, you know, I don't know. I think it's more, uh, you know, I've, I've seen uh, old Charlie Weiss put together a heck of a recruiting class with lots of speed, lots of South Florida guys, you know, didn't do much with it. I think it, it more has to do with, with coaching. Now, if you're talking about Notre Dame now uh, and, and did Brian Kelly take them as far as he could? Yes. You know, I, I think, I think LSU, obviously you're going to get more athletes. But, you know, the, the whole academic excuse with some of these schools is just that because they've been great before and the academic standards have not changed. So, you know, that, that's my thing there. Uh, Lance says, is Blake Franks a four-star bump up down the road? Watched his film and he's nasty and run blocking. Yeah, he could be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has an Alabama offer, Clemson offer. He has a lot of big offers. Um, and I think, uh, I think in, in time he could be, you know, uh, he'll have a chance at, Sh- at the Shrine Bowl probably to bump up. But, I mean, you never know. You never know. Trovon Ball, I just realized the other day, he dropped to a high three-star. I have no freaking idea why. You know, uh, he was an Under Armour All-American and, and all that. So, we'll see uh, See what happens. Craig says Beamer could make Georgia Tech good. He's the type of coach they need. He's not for sale, though. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Shane, a Shane Beamer type of guy. And maybe, maybe Brent Key is that guy. You know, maybe he is that guy because um, they did get a lot better. And, and certainly they have, man, they have so much tradition. People don't even realize, go, so, sometimes go look at the overall series record between Georgia Tech and Clemson. <laughs> Tech's like, Tech like leads that series by 20 games. They I mean, give them fits. I know. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, 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 it's, they, and they used to be great. They got out of the, they left the SEC because they thought they were Texas. Like, <laughs> They were like, we're gonna, we're Georgia Tech. We're gonna go independent now and play a national schedule and leave you guys in the dust. Didn't work out too well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia Tech is in the Alabama fight song. Go tell the Bulldogs to behave. Send the Yellow Jackets to a watery grave. 
And if the band starts to weaken, that's a shame because every Bama fan goes, if they're close to fame, fun off. You guys know. Anyway, we are going to take our final break here and wrap it up here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. One shining moment here. One final break. We'll be back. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm, and the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning, it'll melt in your mouth, it's good on a cracker, it's good in a bowl, it's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck, it's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Warrior of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. And, of course, we do not need to fail to mention a couple of painters. We haven't said anything about them today. Tristan and his crew will paint whatever it is you need. You don't even need to be in person to get quotes. You just send them some dimensions and some pictures. They'll be happy to do it. JB will attest they... Have probably the most reasonable prices around for such services. I need to call him probably over the summer to turn this ugly brown room I'm in <laughs> into something that's actually worth looking at. But give a couple of painters a call it's, or just send them an email. Go to the website, lemmepaintsomething.com. 
I don't even know if I've got their telephone number up here, but they're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash let me paint something. They'll be happy to give you a good quote. And of course, Tristan, new father. So show some support for him. They need it. Congrats. That's right. Adam says, whatever happened to the great baseball player nicknames, Catfish, Hunter, Oil Can Boyd. Man, there's an Oil Can Boyd song. Right? Is it really? <laughs> well, when I was a kid, my first first season of baseball I really followed was kind of like football, 86, right? And uh, it was uh, the Mets and Red Sox. That was that famous World Series where mm-hmm. somebody earlier mentioned Nolan Ryan in an Astros jersey. Nolan Ryan, Astros won the West that year. There was only two divisions. Mets won the East. Mookie Wilson, all those former Gamecock, Mookie Wilson, all those guys. And uh, Oil Cam Boyd was pitching for the Red Sox. And there was like there's like this Simon and Garfunkel sounding thing. It's like, Oil Can Can. And it's like, to win the pennant or the fans of Boston. We'll find it on uh, YouTube and play it for you. But, um, Yeah. No, no nicknames anymore, right? No, most of your nicknames are football now, you know, or 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 you have names that are nicknames like the coldest Crawford. The coldest. (laughs) I love it. That's not his real name. That is his real name. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was he plays for Alabama, right? And uh, it's funny hearing Nick Saban's. Well, uh, the coldest is it's like it's nothing. <laughs> the coldest. So anyway, yeah, I miss Saban, the old Saban doesn't refer to all his players by their jersey numbers. Uh, Seventeen. I yeah. bet he does in yeah. private. Yeah, right. I do. But I'm he's smart. To do it at the damn lectern, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, hey, well, he knows he has to recruit, so he's like, I better know, better memorize these names. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Rafael Rearview Ramirez Ramirez. <laughs> I remember Rafael Ramirez. Dude couldn't hit a lick. Pretty good defensive shortstop thing. Standing over there beside Ken Obert, in between the two most handsome men in all of baseball, Glenn Hubbard and Ken Olbert Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a that's a Chippendales poster for you right there. Yeah. yeah anybody ever seen the movie The Slugger's Wife? By the way, oh, no. Okay, no. it's a baseball movie, and it's based on the the, the team the guy plays for is the Atlanta Braves. Uh, it's kind of a rip off of The Natural in a certain extent. To a certain extent, it's like he meets a girl who's like a singer, and he goes on a hitting streak, and then. They the Braves lose, and at the end they lose. They don't win, but it, it, it's kind of a rip off of, of the natural a little bit. But it's supposed to be. Uh, uh, hold on, I'm gonna get you who's in it. <laughs> I think. Uh, hold on, the slugger's wife. Hold on, I'm looking it up, folks. Rebecca DeMornay, Randy Quaid, Michael O'Keefe is the. Is the guy Neil Simon wrote this? So, oh, is it really? <laughs> uh, I guess it's not a ripoff of The Natural, but it it, it, it kind of is. But uh, maybe The Natural ripped off The Slugger's Wife. Wow. I have to look at it. 
Uh, it was had a nineteen million dollar budget. It made one point eight seven million at the box office. <laughs> <laughs> it was a disaster. <laughs> A complete disaster. But uh, my point is, Skip Carey and uh, and Don, uh, and Ernie Johnson and Pete Van Weeren are in it. And Turner's yeah, uh, in it. And, and it's like they start going on and on. Like you listen to a Braves broadcast years later, and it's like this is kind of like the Slugger's Wife, isn't it? Terrible. <laughs> Here's the re- one of the reviews from Siskel. As adult fare, the Slugger's Wife strikes out. Uh, the slugger's wife bases aren't loaded for Simon and Ashby in this ungelled game slugger out in left field (laughs) this movie must have been I watched it one time when I was a kid Uh, they were nominated was nominated for a golden raspberry award for worst original song oh Jimmy Dude, can I get that? Can I? I wonder if on Apple, I I'll, Apple, I can get the Slugger's Wife original motion picture soundtrack. Oh, hold on here, I can look that up right now. I have that at my fingertips. Let's see. My God! <laughs> and there's a new Dave Matthews album coming out, by the way, Phil. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, he released a studio. Kind of. Yeah, kind of sounded yeah. like. Uh, the single he released kind of sounded like some other stuff he's done. I don't know. I, don't, I, hope, I hope old Dave surprises me if he's not out of ideas. Yeah. So I don't know. The Slugger's Wife song, but I do not see the soundtrack. There's no soundtrack? No. Uh-uh. Bummer. Let's see. Mm. Well, we got to go because I got to get on the Spurs oh up gosh, show here 15. <laughs> yeah, it is. Hey, the Braves' uh, first pitch is in five minutes. Hey, it's right. It's right, Skip. They're sitting up there in heaven drinking a Budweiser. Yeah, that's right. Hey, 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 God. Is the moon made of green cheese? But it's 220. Cubs win at 220. I'm sorry. First pitch, 220. Let's give a shout out to Debbie and Schomburg. <laughs> Nat and Homer Glenn is celebrating. <laughs> Nat, Nat and Homer Glenn's just like praying that you know I don't get out of control today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I gotta go to work. Hey, so that boy and tie him up. Uh, hey. <laughs> anyway, back tomorrow. Stuart Lake, JB will be back. I'll be here. Phil will be here. Yeah, love you guys. All your drop today. Mental edge tomorrow. Sorry, the mental edge tomorrow. Mental edge. All right. So tomorrow the Gamecocks will either be seven and zero. In the SEC or six and one. Man, you take either one, man. All right. See you guys later. Signing off.